Meanwhile, Trump's out here firing the FBI director. He's firing the guy who is investigating him. With a letter of recommendation that he should fire him by the guy who had to recuse himself from this investigation. Wow. (laughs) So what has to happen for impeachment? The Republicans in Congress have to believe that they that they need to impeach him. So politically, they have to feel like like their base, like the most conservative people want it. That's pretty mm-hmm. much what it boils down to. They would control Congress, so they would have to bring articles of impeachment against him. Got you. And then it would have to be voted on. And like, in our, you know, we're so polarized as a country, like, it would have to become like really obvious that this was the move that the people wanted. And that they were basically the real thing would be like, are, would they, would, would people in Congress feel like their reelections were threatened? You know what I mean? Yeah. Which is terrible. Yeah. I don't even, <laughs> he's just like fired. It's like, but that's why they give FBI directors. 10 year contracts so that they're not at the whim of the president. That's kind of right. the idea. <laughs> America the Great. Right. Don't even get me started. You're listening to Clock Radio Speakers with Armand and Doc. This week's episode is split into two sides. This is Side A. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Clock Radio Speakers. I'm your co-host, Armand Wake Up. You can follow me on Twitter at Armand Wake Up, A-R-M-O-N-D, Wake Up, all one word. More important than that, please follow the official Clock Radio Speakers Twitter handle, which is at CRS Podcast. ClockRadioSpeakers.com is powered by Tumblr. You can get all of our episodes there, all 278,000, however many we have. You can get them all at ClockRadioSpeakers.com. Or, or you can do what many of you have done, judging by the numbers. Men lie, women lie, numbers don't, right, Doc? I, be- I believe and, uh, Mr. Sean Corey Carter said that. Yes. And um, many of you obviously subscribe in iTunes. Thank you very much because we had a lot of feedback uh, for our Definitive 15 subscriber-only episodes. So huge, huge thank you to everybody who listened to that. That, that's, that, that does my heart well. It, What's up, Doc? What's going on? I was going to say, I should point out that you don't have to subscribe in iTunes. Like you can use into the podcast app. Basically, if you subscribe to it in whatever podcast app you want, whether you're on Android, iOS, on your actual computer, whatever, as opposed to waiting for us to tweet the link out or for Fourth District to tweet the link out. Like if you go ahead and subscribe in your podcast app of choice, and that includes Stitcher, then you got the episode. Everybody else, I think we're going to put it out towards the end of this week. So you've still got time. You can go subscribe right now and you can go in the feed and you can grab our Definitive 15 on intros. And, and you should do that right now if you if you haven't already done it. Um, but obviously, as Armand said, yeah. I'm Doc. You can follow me on Twitter at Doc underscore Beats. That's not a Z. Life is good, man. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm you, good. Singles you, out. You put out music. I put out me. I put out real music, not just like SoundCloud, YouTube music, like actual songs that you can buy on the tune of eyes. iTunes, Amazon. I mean, yes. we want people to go ahead and stream, but you know what? You know, we'll, we'll, we'll take the kind of jingles, but we prefer the kind that folds. So absolutely. We are. Yeah. And if you're, and if you buy the single, the single's called Sweeter produced by Jay Roden. Um, if you buy the single this week and uh, tweet it to me, tweet me a screenshot of the purchase. Um, I'm working on something that uh, will reward those of you who choose, chose to support me with your hard earned, hard earned dollars. Um, we're working on something super, super, like really, really dope that I, I wish I could tell you right now, but semantics won't let me. 
but you'll know about it soon and there will be an extra benefit for those of you who chose to support me and my music. So, you know, thank you very much. And, and where can people go for just one stop? Like if you had to give them a single URL to go to where they could find out how to get to sweeter, is there one or should they just go to their music app of choice and, and search for Armand Wake Up? Yeah, I mean, you can go to Alex Bandcamp, which is my record label, which is elect, I-L-L-E-C-T dot Bandcamp dot com. But oh, you for the most part- it, You can get it at, at their Bandcamp? Yeah. Oh, see, and, and and y'all get even more money off that. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. go there. It, yeah, so go there and then, um, you know- um, but iTunes, if you, if you have, if, if you can't afford, if you can't afford a dollar 29, cause I totally get it. Um, you know, get the, get the streaming popping, something like that. Get, get the know, stream stuff. and just, you know, just, just loop it. You can turn the volume down, just loop it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just turn it on. Yeah, exactly. Just go to bed and <laughs> just keep it on loop. Actually, I meant to do that tonight. <laughs> You've got every single streaming app running at the same time. At the same time. Yep. I don't know why I didn't do that this week. I totally should have did that. But yeah, yeah. Sweeter the, sweeter this week. And uh, yeah, some other stuff in the work. Do- Doc's working on some stuff. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about either. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. You look at it and start tweeting. I was ready to start, you know, start tweeting videos I, and snippets. Listen, and- <laughs> I put a video on IG stories for like two seconds and I was like, the single just came out yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> we can't help it. <laughs> I mean, it's just what it's just what we've always done for I so know, long. So for for those of us who are like part of the old internet, just the ability. And you made it. You made a great point that you tweeted out yesterday, or tweet out when the song came out. It's like, yo, we come from the you send it area. So the you send it era. Excuse me. You know, like it used to be a lot to put music out. You know, it wasn't this whole I've got this song. Let me put it on SoundCloud. Even let me put it on YouTube. You know, the only streaming video that we had was like You Mad. And that was only Dipset stuff. So just this ability to share things so easily and so quickly, like people like us, man, please. Listen, this is like third realm of heaven to us. 13 years ago, I'm age, I'm dating myself now. 13 years ago, I was putting instrumental mixtapes together with Big T. And we were just hoping that MOB or somebody we were, we knew we weren't going to get RNS but we were hoping one of these, RNS. we were hoping one of these ripping groups would rip us and put what we did up on IRC and other places where people got music off the back of the truck so to speak wow. so that we could do that and and now here you are releasing music to the world on iTunes day 1 no sound you know people don't have to get on SoundCloud and then eventually it makes its way no day 1 I'm so proud of you man thank you man I appreciate it. We've come a I long way. It. You've come a long way. I'm yeah. I'm yeah, hitching on the coattails yeah. a little bit, you know. <laughs> <laughs> ah, you've always got a spot. You've always got a spot on the team, Doc. Always got a spot. Am, I'm, I'm am, I, the, am I the am I the Memphis Bleak in the situation? Because please no, <laughs> no. I need a I need a sarcastic, savvy, business minded person who is not uh, or friend who is not intimidated by quote-unquote Armand wake up it's like man like shut up <laughs> like I know your old rap name <laughs> I've got your acapellas <laughs> from 2004 don't you get Hollywood on me I need that Hollywood wake up Hollywood oh he's coming he's coming though <laughs> oh he's coming crazy oh uh, so what, what are we yeah, talking about so, this week man what's up what are we talking about this week oh man oh. coming off such uh, well, you know what? I'm not even. We're talking about we're, gonna, we're talking about Wale. Wale put out a new album called Shine. 
two weeks ago, right? Yeah. We missed it because we, we focused on the Defender 15 first. Yep. And then this week, we had a Logic who that, put out an album called Everybody. Yep. So those will be the two main topics. But is there any like side stuff that we need to get into first? I mean, should we talk about the fact that seemingly out of nowhere, we have a new number one song in the country? It's DJ Khaled's first number one pop song. It's Chance the Rapper's first number one song. Mm. I'm the one with Bieber, Cuevo, Chance, and Wayne. Mm. So, Have you heard the song? Yeah, I've heard the, I've heard the oh, song. Okay. Yes, I've I mean, I haven't. Right, and I haven't the, heard past Bieber's verse. <laughs> and this is the interesting thing about how labels and artists who have this kind of reach have figured out, like this is, we'll talk about the actual song in a second. I, I will sit here because this is what we do, right? I will talk about the flawless execution of the release, right? right. Where you tease the song on social media, Periscope, Instagram stories, Instagram, seems like all that stuff. By all the different artists, all of whom who have huge, especially I mean Bieber, especially, but all of them who have huge um, social media presences, right? Yeah. Including Khaled, obviously. And yeah, then definitely. the way that streams are counted right alongside YouTube videos, they drop the video as the same time it goes to radio, as the same time it goes to Apple Music and Spotify and iTunes, et cetera. So you get that first week surge all in one week. Yeah. And so that's how you go from zero literally zero to like zero to 100 in this case zero to number one yeah really quick really quick really quick and yeah i i don't mean to say like it's a um it's a testament to the name recognition of those of all those artists the star power to the to Khaled and his team their execution um the actual song is harmless right it what is, do you mean by harmless it's bubbly it's summer fun kind of Okay. You know, it's kind of like something you will, like, if you heard it playing, like you go to, you know, you go to barbecue or whatever, you go to someone's party in the summertime, you hear that playing and you're like, oh yeah, it's this song. It's not amazing. It's not the best song that any of these artists have released, even in the past couple of years by any stretch or anything like that. But it does what it's trying to do. Yeah. All right. Well, what, I mean, right. Uh, the, the actual song, it's okay. Yeah. I mean, Yeah. I guess, but I mean, this is a more traditional Khaled single. And it's like, how do you follow up? And this is interesting. How do you follow up? Because it's something else we need to talk about. Um, a Jane Beyonce single that seemingly didn't do a whole lot. You then go to the people who have, as you said, strong social media presence. Yeah. And that's what gets you your number one record. So Jay-Z and Beyonce don't get you your number one record. But Chance, Quavo, Bieber, and Wayne do. It's also the buildup. Like they were teasing right. the, they were, they, they shot this video back in February. Right. But what I'm saying is, is that Jay and Beyonce, well, Beyonce way more than Jay. Beyonce has a very, she has a powerful social media presence, but it's not a consistent so- social media presence or right. constant social media presence. These, all four of these guys are on social media in some form of fashion every single day, whether it's them directly pos- posting or if it's somebody uh, else posting something that they do that ends up going viral. I mean, Quavo went viral this week for playing Knockout with Chance. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, like, but it's, it's just. Go ahead. I was going to say, this is, it's really interesting just how, you know, things are moving and how it's affecting the actual charts. Well, and I want to give them a lot of credit because they, the thing that we always, um, you know, what we thought sort of the strategy was now, 
you know, for artists who pick singles was basically, we'll just put the whole album out and then let, and let see what streaming numbers look like and then pick that as a single. But then you got to go yeah. and eventually shoot the video, right? And that's why Future is only now dropping the video for Mask Off. Right. Right. But I mean, talk, I mean, Khaled has, has had this song. I mean, if they shot the video in February, this song must have been done, you know, before then, obviously. So sure. he's been sitting on this. They didn't try to like put it out. They didn't rush it out. They didn't do anything like that. They took advantage of how streaming is counted alongside sales and everything else. And I'm okay with that because, you know, we use sales as this barometer historically in hip hop. And we, we should talk about how important first week sales are for albums in the, you know, when we talk about Wale later, but for, you know, for singles, even, you know, we've always, you know, historically it's been billboard was a combination of radio and sales, but streaming and streaming in all forms, right? YouTube, SoundCloud, I, you know, uh, Apple music, Spotify title, et cetera. Those all sort of matter, but it's really kind of weird, right? Cause this is a number one out. This is the number one song in the country, but I bet you this is not playing all over like pop radio at all. Right. And yet it's the number one, it's the number one song in the country. So it's, it's kind yeah. of a weird place that we're in now. Yeah. It's just because everything is so fractured and because there are so many different ways to hear music that I think what it takes to get quote unquote number one is maybe a little bit less. So you get this sort of bounce back all over the place, you know? Yep. I, I, I'm not mad at that in a sense. I mean, I think the only thing that's kind of, that kind of stinks about that, but this isn't Billboard's fault. This is just our culture right now is it gets really difficult to have those songs that are everywhere. Right. Because everybody's listening to all this little different stuff and there's so much of it, right? The, yeah. the notion of like, oh man, I heard that song everywhere this summer. I mean, eventually there will be a song this summer that gets to that point, but that doesn't necessarily mean it'll be number one at the same time. Do you know what I mean? Right. So. Right. Absolutely. I mean, people are already talking about what's the song of the summer. It's not even that the summer. Dis- that discussion is our, or what they think will be, um, what they think will be the song of the summer um, just because of the the buildup of it. So by the, cause the song of the summer is normally out around April and maybe it's bubbling on social media. And then by the time June and July happens, people love the song and they want to hear it in during the summertime, public settings, windows down, et cetera, et cetera. I'm hearing a lot of people say that a uh, French might have the song of the summer. Uh, the Sway Lee record. Yeah. That I still haven't heard. It's all right. It's I mean, cool. I mean, you yeah. know, it's not, it's not moving the movement to me. I don't know. No, no, I mean, but you know what though? Like, it just might not be for this demographic. I, I don't know if I buy that. I mean, like, it's. I think Quavo's an interesting. I think Quavo and Sway Lee are both interesting guys. Like, I think the time is sort of, in a weird way, is really ripe for them. Like, if they had, if they had solo albums that they were thinking about, like really putting a move towards, like I would do that soon, like really soon, because because mm. more life is gonna have. Like, some of those records might still have some legs, especially if they drop the right, the right. Uh, video but it's clear that there's no equivalent to one dance right it's not like there's a drake no. streaming smash that they have to be afraid of but drake doesn't need that because he already got it no, no i know that to- but what, what i'm saying is like for these other artists it's not like they have to like sort of think try to figure out i don't know like is this the, is this kind of move like there's there's might be a little bit of an opening for like a like a like a, a big like summer smash right now you um, know what i mean yeah, and, and, Qua- and Quavo especially, but even Sway Lee, um, those two, those two guys, they're they got they got the juice right now. Yeah, so I, I think one thing that's interesting. I actually went back and listened to More Life last week. Yeah, yeah, last week I had Sacrifices stuck in my head one day, and I played Sacrifices and then just let the rest of the album play. Um, the the reggaeton Drake records. Yeah, 
like the first like the first part of the album is actually pretty good. It is. So your your blims and your Madiba rhythms and your get it togethers and like those are good records. That's it. Those are good records. <laughs> right. They're not like smashes. I think that's the one important thing. And I always talk about this on Clock Radio Speakers. It's like, yo, especially nowadays where the album comes out Friday, by the time we record on Tuesdays, we're not really living with this album like that. Um, unless it's an album that we want to live with. You know what I'm saying? I think more more recently, Kendrick was probably that album. Um, but for a lot of these projects, it's, a, it's somewhat of a knee-jerk reaction. And then later on down the line, after everything settles, you're really able to like take the album in and, and sit with it. Call me old fashioned, but I like sit. I like sitting with my music. I think Drake's a good example of somebody who the strat, you know, the strategy of put your, um, you know, just put everything out, see what hits well for streaming, and then try to push that. You know, in this case, it worked really well on um, on views, right? Because one dance kind of picked up and was out of here, um, right? But I think more life is a case where you know. I'm guessing they knew as soon as they put, as soon as they finished, get it together. They kind of like, you hear that and you're like, yeah, that could do it. Like, don't you have to get on the video immediately? Cause no, then, because then you could like, you could do something with that. It's amazing that we pick, get it together, right. but it seems the streets have picked Portland and uh, the streets initially picked Portland. Yes, they did. And now sacrifices is a record and blim are, is a record. And I mean, a couple weeks ago, KMT, caught a, a decent little viral wave because of uh, Gigs verse uh, when he performed it. So, right. yeah, we say get it together, but, like, you might not need that right now. And no, I think that and that co- that sort of goes into the, the, the point that I was I, – I liked some tweets earlier this week that somebody said, and I don't know if it's too early to talk about this. No, we could talk about um, it. What, okay, so whether he is a guy named uh, Alex – you know, I'm not even going to try and pronounce his last name, but his Twitter is at the ball guy. Um, he, he shot out three tweets on May 8th. The first tweet says, analyzing first week numbers is a data concept. Second tweet says, first week sales were important because everyone's week two usually had a 50 plus percent drop. It essentially set a tone for your success and that's not true now. His third tweet says, in streaming world, an album usually grows over time. Singles keep getting positioning. People become aware easier, etc. And... For this podcast, I mean, you and I, Doc, we grew up on the first week numbers era. Yeah. So, you know, now we're in a place where hashtag new rules. Um, do you necessarily agree with that? Because I kind of see what he's saying. But what do you think? I totally see what he's saying. But I think first week still matters to a certain degree. I think it, I think it matters just because, yes. So let me start on the other side. So, yeah, it's true that it's not the only thing. Right. I think it, but I think that sort of really heavily depends. Right. I mean, sometimes stuff goes viral, not because of anything the artist did. Right. It goes viral because like a meme emerged and like literally like they had nothing to do with it. Although labels are getting better at hiring companies to like plant seeds for what they hope will become memes. Yeah. But that's still not the only way. So like that first week, it's not just, oh, this is the only thing they're going to get, but it's also like that's the, that's like, for a record label, for an artist, for a, for a team that you put together, there is this natural thing to like, okay, we put this big effort and you can only sustain that for so long of promotion, of marketing, et cetera. And it's new and it's fresh and, it, and it's sort of there. And I think there are lots of artists who are under the radar 
who, whether you're an, an, an indie artist or whatever, that yeah, definitely first week sales. I mean, whatever you're going to go tour, like stuff might pick up later on. The bigger you are, if you have a really low first week and the album isn't sort of critically regarded in some way, that's a real problem. I yeah. think that will always be a real problem. Like streaming yeah. won't save you necessarily there. I think what streaming does is kind of maybe, I think it's, it alters things definitely because if you're, you know, if you're, if it's cr- critically regarded, there might be a second life. If you're an independent artist, I mean, it all depends. It could go in any sort of direction. And of course, all this is subject to change based off of social media, right? If something picks up, you might get a little something, but you can't plan around that. That's not sustainable. That's not something that you can plan on. And I guess you could just embrace the fact, well, doesn't really matter. I can't plan on it. We're just going to put it out there and see what happens. But I don't know. I think if you're a, a name artist, I mean, we should talk about Wale. I think Wale is a good example of that. Like people know who Wale is. Absolutely. But, I mean, the Shine album, like it didn't sell well first week. Right. So the singles, right? The single that's that I've seen most that around most was Fashion Week. I know Running Back premiered on like ESPN or whatever. My PYT also, is from last year. I was say my PYT was. It was successful, wasn't it? Sort of, yeah. I mean, people knew about it. <laughs> I think did, I thought it went. I thought it went platinum. No, my PYT. Yeah. Did we have the same conversation like last week? <laughs> yeah, it went gold. But okay, well there you go. I mean, hey, sure. No, it went gold. I'll take gold single. I'll take it. But that was also last year, right? Like people aren't going to get this album because of a single he put out last year, right? But but. We live in a we live in an era where people talk about singles all the time. Like you don't even need an album, you need singles. So you've got artists like Wale who come up in the same era that came up in the same era that we did. Right. That said, you you still need a discography, you still need a body of work to be great. But also, you come up in this era now. You're you're operating in this era now where it's like I need the single. So my PYT is an example of that. And then it's almost like. Was Shine the follow-up to my PYT? Because this is a complete left turn from the album About Nothing, sonically. Yeah, album About Nothing, I was looking, which, you know, debuted at number one. Did it? Yeah. Interesting. 100,000 first week. How do you dip? Well, okay, uh-huh. so how do you dip from 100,000 to, what do they say he did, 20, 28. 28. So I did hear, because originally the album was supposed to come out this week, they pushed it up a week. How come? I just I just shrugged my shoulders <laughs> <laughs> as if this was a video podcast. Okay. <laughs> I have no idea. I saw something about a release, uh, a listening session. And then at the listening session, which I believe was on a Tuesday or a Wednesday, he said, we're going to put it out on Friday instead of next week. Mm. And that's that. Man, how did the girls on drugs not take off? Man, I don't know. I mean, Janet cleared the sample, but... uh. She yeah. probably asked for 700%, right? <laughs> She's, yeah, really. Um, yeah, it's, I don't know. Uh, it's Shine is definitely a... Well, we should talk about the album then. Um, yes, I have track-by-track track notes, but we don't really need to go track-by-track track on this, do we? On, on Shine? Yeah. Nah. Yeah. I mean, does anything... Well, let me just ask you this. Does anything here really stick out to you? I like the beat for Fashion Week. I do um, too. I don't like, I, I don't like Wale singing though. I don't mind Wale singing. Wale has been, I guess, Wale has been accused with this album of like biting Drake. But Wale Mm. was doing these types of records years ago. Yeah, he has a record with Wizkid from like 2011. So that doesn't that doesn't bother me. And I don't mind Wale singing. I actually don't like G Easy on this song. G Easy does not fit on that record at all. 
he's we don't that he's somebody we never talk about on the show um and with reason <laughs> he's fine um the hook is I, um, my problem with fashion week is actually just the hook i think it's terrible um, oh we're going to talk about terrible hooks real soon <laughs> can, can we can we talk about the fact that when i read that columbia heights was produced by don cannon i i had to like pause and like just Amen. go and, and cleanse my palate and go listen to the cannon remix Hey man, I was gonna say, would you would you go listen to Seventeen Five? Oh, I forgot about the Cannery. The Cannery mix is the record. Is that the one with Wayne, or was Wayne on the original? I don't know. There's like eight million versions of that. That was that was a that was a beat. Remember when beats would come out and like it became like it became it was like the remix of the freestyle. Like everybody would rap on that beat. I think yes. that started with like a milli, but like or it hit its peak with a milli. But before then, it was like when that Cannon beat came out. I'm, Rappers were chomping at the bits. I'm pretty sure I have a DJ like noodles mixtape or something that has that has like 80 people rapping over a milli, and I don't even know why I have that. Oh my god, DJ uh, noodles! Wow, I went, I reached way back. Um, but yeah, like I don't know. There's, they, I mean, they're obviously shooting for my love and fine girl to be the single, the next singles for the summer. It, that much is clear. I mean, so let's talk about those. So my love. First of all, it's barely even while I song. The other problem is it's just not good. Um, it's almost like too pop, if that makes sense. Sure. But no. Is it, is it one of those things where it's like it comes off like we're going to make this the single? I mean, a little bit. Creating it? I mean, it's basically just a, it's almost essentially like a remix of um, of, a, of a WizKid song. Um, yeah. And then Fine Girl, you know, no. <laughs> I... I these are records that I'm not trying to digest at home or at work. Like I have to be in these environments. I probably won't just given where my life is going right now. Like probably won't the, the days of me listening to music around beautiful women probably coming to an end. Oh no. But uh, no, it's good. It's good. But I feel like those records will exist better in those spaces and not, you know, fodder for a pot for a hip hop podcast. So I get it. I get it. I just, here's, here's another discussion about Wale that actually I saw yesterday where Wale um, was upset or is upset because he feels like um, the, the song, the things that he does conceptually, when he does them, people uh, ignore them. But if a Kendrick does it or a Cole does it, they get think pieces and they get praised for being so creative and so original. What is your retort to that? I think it comes down to the quality of the song. Just to and be I'm, totally blunt. I mean, I think I think there are a lot of people who and this is no shot of wallet. I mean, I think there are a lot of people who honestly sort of conflate having an original idea with the execution of that original idea. Like, nope. You don't get brownie points for having for having a cool idea first. What people right. care about is is it dope, right? I, I also th- I also think that you, you talked about execution and you are more. And I think one of the many dynamics that works about our show is that you are, are a production guy and I'm a production guy, too, but I'm definitely a lyric guy. And Wale is more Lupe than Kendrick. So what I mean by that is I think Kendrick and his fake deepness um, and his ability to communicate layers upon layers of messages is that I think that Kendrick's messages and methods are fairly simple and people complicate them where Wale and Lupe send out complicated messages. 
and it's not so easy to get and you literally want people to sit down and overanalyze with a notepad and a pen about what you're talking about. But it's it's done in a prideful, snooty way where it's like, see, I knew you weren't going to get that. This is what I was trying to say. And that's not good. You you want to be layered lyrically. You want to have some substance and some meat to your content, but you still have to make it accessible for your listener. And if you don't do that, you might as well just rat, rap about hats and bats and cats um, in in stacks. First Rex of all, on Rex on Rex. First of all, you just described Beanie Siegel's rhyme scheme in 1999. <laughs> Secondly, uh, not a, a no-do nigga, a old show. Yeah, no, we're not. <laughs> and you know what? I'd rather listen to that than... <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think I think um, it's weird, right? The connection that artists can have with fans now via social media and the emergence of things like Genius, which which um, which we love on the show. We, well, I certainly take advantage of when I research for the show. But definitely, shout out to Rob Markman, friend of the show. Right, but I think the sites like Genius encourage sort of the creation of these like subcultures of hip hop, where they like they over obsess and over analyze, and that feeds on itself. And you know rappers, and you know rappers look at that and know that. And if you're somebody who is dying for people to finally figure out your 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 you know magnum opus medium think piece in a, in a song, then yeah. you know you're this is like this is like catnip for you. Yeah. And so I wonder about if that's a good thing ultimately. Like I, rappers don't make music just so people can overanalyze it on genius and wait for the verified thing to come in and be like, Oh my God, triple entendre. Don't even ask me how like, no. Yeah. Yeah. I think the interesting thing about, um, Kendrick's album with damn is that many of the annotations that weren't verified. I don't even think, I don't even know if Kendrick did verified annotations. I don't think he did with this album, but I mean, we talked about this when we reviewed the album, good Lord, the reaching, it was so bad. It was so bad that, but that adds to the, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not even, not the genius and not the tale, but the, the legend of Kendrick Lamar. Mm. He doesn't respond to any of that stuff. He doesn't respond. He was, he responded to the, to the, to the God thing, but there was so much more on that album that he didn't even touch. He just kind of let people talk about it. And that's what drove up interest, but that it benefits him and he doesn't, but Wale is like, well, why don't you speak about these things that I'm talking about? I mean, like, I think it's just like you said, it's just the, the execution isn't nearly as good as it needs to be. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like there's not really anything. Is there anything on here that I'm going to come back to? Uh, nah. I mean, and, and I'll take the fashion week instrumental, but I don't mind the beat on running back. Yeah. Um, running, running back. So I like the flow on running back. I just, yeah, it was cool. That. That fish and grits record with Travis, like I don't even know. That's just oh, no good. Straight up, I, you know, I really didn't need on, on on this record DNA. I really didn't need Wale interpolating "Come and Talk to Me." Like no. Um, hey, listen, he already stole music soul soul child just friends. Like there's no nothing is safe. Yeah, no, this just didn't. This just didn't do it for me. Yeah, that's yeah, that's really it's really weird and interesting. Like how. How do you go from 100 to 20, 28? How does that work? I, this kind of like, let me this way. If I didn't know better, I would say that like, so back in like the mid 2000s when labels were really trying to like cut and cut costs and cut artists and adjust to 
this new reality where you'd have a big name artist who all of a sudden had to go sign with 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 uh, Koch Records. Mm-hmm. Right, right, and then A1. and then right A one, and the, and they couldn't get the production budget that they used to. Yep. And then that album comes out, and you're like, mm, something. Mm. Not yeah. to say you have to always have big name producers or anything like that, but that's kind of how this album feels to me. Mm. And I don't know, you look at the credits and the last album had like, you know, like three DJ Dahi records, Jake one, you know, there's people sprinkled throughout and you're like, hmm, okay, Sunny Digital, Frank Dukes, like, and you're like, you know, and then you look at the credits for this and it's people you've mostly heard of, right? Like Cool and Dre do the opening track. I mean, Diplo does that WizKid record, mm-hmm. but you know, no respect, but like that Don Cannon record in 2017, like how does that even make it? That, that song is bad. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean- just doesn't it, it, this doesn't feel like i feel like while can do better work than this like that album about nothing was two years ago and it was way better than this yeah yeah this i mean but even the album about nothing was meh. there was some records it, i liked there was some records on it but overall it was meh. Mm. the the gifted was dope um what was before that ambition is still his best album wow it's been six years since ambition Ambition was really good. I'm actually, I'm pulling it. I'm about to save that to my title now. Oh, right. Ambition was really good. Oh, that was right, genius. Right. Don't hold your applause. Oh, Mark Henry. Mark, Mark Henry, Henry was murdering everything. And they somehow didn't get bait on the retail version. They had to wait for the deluxe edition. Yeah. But even like that way, which, you know, was on that MMG thing, but made it on here as well. Yeah. Slight work. Kind of fun. Slight, I remember- work was, slight work was dope. I liked White Linen. Sabotage was dope. Yeah. Th- Ambition was dope. That record is tough. That album is tough. Ambition, yeah. Wow, that was that was six years ago. Uh, 2011. Jesus. Yeah, no. Yeah, that tough. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, that um, was, I, I don't. I, I'll say this though. Yeah. One thing I will say is, though we're not fans of the execution, I respect Wale for. Um, it seems like this is him making the music that he wants to make. I appreciate him not feeling like he doesn't have to make a deep conceptual album because most of his albums minus ambition are really deep and analytical and concept and conceptual. This just seems like a collection of songs. Maybe he felt like he was in a good mood. He had a daughter, you know, like that put him in good spirits and he just wanted to, you know, express that um, musically. And I, and I, and I respect that though. I'm, though I'm not a fan of, you know, the album or whatever, like, I can't, I can't knock that. I can't knock you for going in that direction. I'm sure it'll be fake deep next go around, but I, I'm not mad at what he did. I'm not mad at the, the attempt. Not one bit. Okay. Anything else you want to say about, uh, about Wale? I'm good. You ready to talk about Logic? Oh, boy. Let's talk about Logic. Oh, boy. How far are we into the podcast? That might be one side that we just did. Maybe. Be close. Okay. It'd be close. Okay. But we'll see. Maybe this is just a this might just be a single single episode this week. Might be. <sighs> All right, let's 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 do it, man. So, last time you and I talked about Logic on the show. Mhm. So last year he he did a mixtape that we definitely didn't talk about. Bobby Tarantino. Oh, oh I was like was it called Juice Robinson? What was it called? Juice okay, yeah, Bobby Tarantino. Yeah. But before that it was uh The Incredible True Story. Uh yeah. Which we talked about, which had, yep. I'm trying to think, um, oh, because it had the record <laughs> Young Jesus and there was yep. some other, some other records on there. Um, 
And before that, we had Under Pressure, which I believe I remember us talking about. We talked about Under Pressure because there's some there were some beats on here that were really, really dope. Right. And so I got to admit, most of the time, I don't really pay that much attention to Logic. I mean, that's where the conversation starts. Mm. Because many fans of hip hop don't pay attention to Logic. I don't know a single fan of Logic. I never hear people talk about Logic, but he does these numbers. Right. Where are these numbers coming? So it's almost like, where are these numbers coming from? Is it some label, label manufacturing st- manufactured stuff? Or is it like a Mac Miller where your fans are all in this corner in this totally different space that doesn't need to exist with the other popular kids, but you guys just go and do your own thing? I think I mean, it's kind of do your own thing because we'll get into that. In the era of streaming, I think it's the latter. Okay. Right. I think with social media and streaming, yeah, you can get fake followers and all that stuff. And I'm not accusing Logic of anything like that. I don't even know. But I think I don't think we're in the the, the cash money days of you know I gotta I gotta buy an extra hundred thousand to make sure you know Little Wayne sells a million the first week. Yeah. I, <laughs> which is an urban legend that I will forever believe. Um, yeah. Uh, you know I I think we're sort of past that. Um, or at least I just don't think it works as well, especially for something like Logic, right? Um, but I think he's got his own, he's got his own little corner. He's got his own, he, he definitely kind of has his own sound in a way, which I'm going to talk about. Um, you know, the producer that he works with, you know, he's got a couple other people who chime in, who help from time to time, like DJ Khalil and no ID chip in a little bit here on this album, but mostly it's logic and, and, and this guy six who like, they've always done his stuff. And they had like, when I hear their records, I can actually, I mean, me being a nerd, like I can immediately tell the one record on this album that didn't have either of those two doing the primary production on it, because there's something about their sound that I can pick out Im- immediately, which we'll talk about when we get there. But they definitely ha- like Logic's got his own little corner. He's a great example of an artist that social media helps tremendously, mm-hmm. right? Because he- he's on Def Jam, mm-hmm. right? And you can imagine like 10 years ago, if Logic is signed to Def Jam, you know, they'd have to be, you know, like an album like this, they'd be, you know, they'd be, they'd be pushing, you know, oh, Logic's really talking about, you know, his biracial background and there's some controversial stuff. Like they'd be trying to figure out some way to like hype him and do this thing. But he gets to sort of, you know, do his own thing. You know, it's a lot of in-house production. There are some guests, but there's nobody on here where I'm like, oh, that costs a lot of money. You know what I mean? Like he's Mm -hmm. doing his numbers He's go probably going on tour. He is probably, from a label point of view, totally profitable. Like they don't even have to worry. Logic's going to do Logic, and so we get to see an artist like Logic, who I might not pay that much attention to, but he, I think he just has this little subculture of the world. And mm. I don't know if it's quite like Mac Miller. I think it's sort of like that. Although I think Mac Miller tried to sort of cross over into a more broad fan base. But yeah, like I don't know anybody who's a Logic fan either. Yeah. But 2017, I think that's actually possible. Yeah. Sure. 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 So, did you hear any of the singles off this? I mean, when I heard the album. Okay. What are the singles? Uh, The first one was Everybody, and then they did a a video for Black Spider-Man, and they did a little push with that. And then um, the one just for the album was uh, the Suicide Record, uh, 1-800-273-8255. And my even awareness that Logic had something coming out was because... All of a sudden, I will say I saw on social media a little bit people really loving the Black Spider-Man video. Okay. And so I'm like, all right, let's see what Logic's up to. 
which we'll talk about when we get to that song. And I was like, okay, all right, let's see. Let's see what Logic's doing, I guess. And... (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, uh, I think, and we'll talk about it as we go through this album. I think there is like the concept of Logic and then there's like the actual like execution of logic and there might be a gap there i think i think he i think people want to like logic if that makes sense people want that gap and people wanting to like artists goes for a lot of rappers in you, 2017 you got a list <laughs> we talk about the idea and the execution all the time i think this is just a little more blown up because lo- the idea of logic kind of bleeds into some other spaces that are outside of music. We hope you enjoyed Side A of this week's episode. Please check out Side B at clockradiospeakers.com.